can't even say that enough to each of you for it to sink into your hearts, your mind, your body, your soul, that you are so much more. Tonight you are here with Lord Dayel and Mata, the mystic. I'm very excited and blessed and honored that she has consented to be with us tonight. And before she starts talking with you, I just want to ask you, if you haven't clicked follow under my picture yet, click follow. And um, my website is celestial-energies.com, C-E-L-E-S-T-I-A-L-E-N-E-R-G-I-E-S.com. You can go there and meet, read more about me. 
and see all the things that I do for individuals and groups and the workshops and seminars and my artwork and my books and a whole lot of goodies on there for you to look through. Tonight, my guest co-host, Mata, she's going to be talking about the seven things that prevent us from being in the now. And I don't know if many of you know, but she's a self-realized spiritual teacher, internationally acclaimed master healer, and best-selling author. She has been with me before, and she has come back again to participate in the 21 days of helping each of you to find whatever it is that you need to find to help your life to be a little easier so that you can be on your path, the right path that is for you. And she is going to help you to sort out a few things and maybe click a few things in your brain where you'll go, aha, that's what I needed. So with that, I am going to uh, step to the side and let Mata come on in and uh, co-host with me. So once again, Mata, thank you so much for being here with all of us, and welcome. My pleasure, and uh, yeah, good to be back again and to have a little bit more uh, time together and see what we come up with uh, today to share and help bring some more light in. Yes, we are all anxious to uh, listen to you and receive whatever mm-hmm. it is you have to share. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I love the music that you played uh, at the start of the show. What was that called? We Are So Much More by Eliza Brown. We're so much more. E- yes, We Are So Much More. Mm-hmm. Eliza Brown. Yes, E-L-I-S-A. Oh. S-A, okay. Yeah, nice, very nice. Yeah, I can music such a... if you want it. Pardon? Which, as if you would like to have it, I could send the MP3 to you. Yeah, that would be lovely. That that was beautiful. Okay, great. Song. Yeah, thank great. you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I always say thank God to musicians because mm. uh, they make life so much more colorful and pleasant and enjoyable. And without music, mm-hmm. I don't know, our lives would have been so much less than what we can, you know, enjoy on the planet. Because as you know, and uh, uh, we just briefly um, talked about it, life is up and down. And mm-hmm. it's it's not it's not easy, of course. Everybody goes through those ups and downs because that's the nature right. of life and that's the nature of duality. And that's the nature of living in the physical world. And as a matter of fact, that's the nature of the whole universe because everything moves in waves and uh, going up and down, up and down, and the ocean cannot be an ocean without the waves coming in and out. So the most Mm -hmm. important thing 
and we, I can actually even start with those seven things. Of course, there's there's more, but I just isolated a few to talk about. And the the first one would be inability to let go and surrender what life offers. And this is precisely um, those ups and downs that life brings brings us. And what we need to understand is that it's impossible to have things stand still because anything that stands still cannot be qualified or classified as life. Then it will be dead. Mm. So in order for life to happen, there must be those things that continually change. And so the first thing that prevents us from being in the now, being in the present, is inability to let go and surrender to what life brings us. Mm-hmm. So what can we do about it? Obviously, there's many things that we can do about it, and we'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that um, as we continue with the conversation. But um, maybe let me just outline some of the points that I wanted to bring to attention today, just so that there's more awareness to what is it that, first of all, we need to understand what is what is preventing us from being in our joy, being in the present, and accepting life as it comes and goes? Because once we understand those things, then obviously we can relax and we'll put our energy in the right direction so that we know what we can do about learning to accept ourselves and what what we can do about understanding what prevents us from being in the present and what prevents us from actually um, accepting what comes and goes. So because normally what we do, and I've seen this um, happen to pretty much everybody because it's part of our conditioning, that that we think we need to fix something. And we very rarely accept life as it is. On the contrary, what we, we learn to do, what we're programmed to do is to fix Mm-hmm. Is to control. So, the first thing, inability to let go and surrender, is what prevents us from being in the now. The second thing, our inability to know and accept who we are. So, mm. when I say who we are, there's many things that make makes up our personality. There's a difference between our personality and between our being who we truly are. So what we also do as a mistaken sort of way of living is we focus on our personalities, which are all learned and they're all related, connected to our ego, and we forget to look at the part of our being, which is the the truth within us, and that truth within each person is not different. This is where we're all one. So what we do when we we struggle with accepting our our uh, the way we are, we obviously try to fix that. Um, whatever we've learned, whatever we have come to learn from our parents, from school, and the patterns that we developed as a result of our belief systems and 
lifetimes, these five other lifetimes. So when we don't accept and we think that there's something wrong with us because our conditioning say that this is not acceptable, this is right, this is wrong, then, again, we block our energy, we block our consciousness, and we are not able to really be in the present and live life fully. And one of the very major things that we do not accept about ourselves, which is a part of collective conditioning, is the very first thing is our sexuality. So Mm. as a result of this, a lot of the other things that we learn in our life get colored and get repressed and get undermined because our basic life force is uh, already imprinted with a belief that we cannot sex is 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 dirty it's not good it's uh taboo etc cetera, etc cetera. so if we cannot even enjoy our own body and understand that the body is given to us through through birth, that's how existence basically makes life possible on this planet, then it becomes very difficult to start enjoying life and being in the present and exploring the potential, the creativity that is within you. So there's, there's, I'm going to just stop and see if you have any questions before I go on, so I don't want to just keep talking without, you know, getting a conversation going here if um, just as you say we're co-hosting so I welcome your questions also uh, no I don't have any questions but I will say that you are confirming everything that I have said and believe yeah Right. So then, um, because for me to, uh, you know, to just keep talking for a whole hour, I think I'm going to run out of breath. But I'll, I'll try. <laughs> so you can enter. You know, you can come in whenever, whenever you you okay. have a question. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the third. Sorry. Yeah. So the the third the third important thing is to understand that um, basically when we're conditioned to think or believe that something is wrong with us, that something is not acceptable and we need to fit a certain norm, then we, from the very beginning, start living our life in fear. And it's the, the third thing would be then, and uh, when I'm saying, when I'm giving numbers here, uh, they're not in any order. I'm just, you know, putting them out there um, as they come in the conversation. So the, the third thing would be that's preventing us from being in the now as a result of um, the attitude of not accepting ourselves as we are would be the fear of authority. And we learn this early on. The, the fear of authority, so the first the, authority is our parents. So we're afraid. self-worth also, right? Pardon? I said that falls into self-worth, where people uh, do not think that they're worthy enough to be a, a certain type of person or get a career or own something. It falls into self-worth. 
Well, uh, of course, the self worth very much comes with with the very beginning from our from our birth. It you know if mm-hmm. we are starting to our life um, in fear and in fear of authority and not being able to accept ourselves as we are, then obviously right. our self worth is undermined from the very beginning, and self confidence mm-hmm. is undermined from the very beginning. So, and. The, the fear of authority is starting very early on when if parents are controlling and most parents mm-hmm. are controlling because they have been controlled by their parents and their parents have been controlled by their parents so it's like an ongoing right. chain and we do this unconsciously i'm sure you know no parent wants to repress their children but that's what they've learned to do so they continue doing it and yeah. then that goes on to you go to school and the same thing happens the adults you know control authority fear of authority and same thing happens with um, any any kind of continuation of our life with the social structure there's always authority with the religious structure there's always authority and the fear of authority basically undermines our ability to fully accept ourselves and live in the present and just breathe and say, I'm fine the way I am and I can take care of myself. So because of the fear of authority also, we are not able to take care of ourselves as we are. We're we're not able Hmm. to take responsibility because the the fourth thing that would prevent us from being in the now would be the fear of making mistakes. So right, and that's what afraid, the parents try to teach them right from wrong, right? Parents, I don't think parents start out trying to control them, try to protect their children and teach them right from wrong so that they well, won't you hurt see, themselves. Right, yeah, right and wrong is very relative, Mm-hmm. And right and wrong is very much dependent on what the person's conditioning is. What's right for somebody right. is not is not right for somebody else. What's right, right in one religious dogma is not right in another. So mm-hmm. right and wrong is very very relative and it's based on our conditionings. And right, right. That's 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 why then parents are having very hard time to connect with the children and really understand what's going on inside the child. I mean, you were a child, I was a child, everybody was a child, and if we go back in our memory, you will remember times Mm -hmm. where you would feel something, but you wouldn't be able to communicate it to your parents. And many times children expect their parents to understand what's going on inside them, but parents don't. (laughs) Children expect their parents to understand that they're afraid, but parents don't. Mm -hmm. You know, don't be afraid, that's nothing. You know, that's nothing. So if the child is having this, you know, a a nightmare or fear of ghosts, etc., and children are very susceptible, they actually pick up presents, another presence. And many times Mm -hmm. parents go, well, that's, that's just your imagination. So then the child learns to repress their inner ability, their inner knowingness, 
it happened to me when I used, when I was a child. I used to mm-hmm. I used to read people's thought forms. I called them thought forms because they weren't really verbalizing them. They were saying whatever they were saying in the conversation, but I could hear that they're thinking something else. And mm. you know, and that's what everybody learns to do, and that's why we've become a very artificial humanity. Nobody is really able to take the risk to be authentic. Very few people are, and those are the mm-hmm. people that have have cultivated the courage and have understood that it's my life and it's my responsibility to live it, and mm-hmm. therefore nobody can live it for me. So therefore, I have to I have to take my life into my own hands and live it according to what my truth is, even though it might. Yeah, that, yeah that's a very very difficult thing to do. You almost have to fight for that. Even though it's your right, you still have to fight for it because society wants to put you in a certain box or certain category and wants you to think a certain way. But when you resist that, um, you you do have to fight for it because people will look at you differently. Some will accept, some won't until you prove, you know, who you really, really believe that you are. You have to... um, come out with something extraordinary for people to really say, okay, I'll listen. Otherwise, well, they say, no, know, you're the out first of the thing, realm. Yeah, the first thing is that the moment you start knowing yourself and understanding that you have the power to live your mm-hmm. life the way you want, right. and you understand that the, 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 the next point I was going to make on this list was the fear of being hurt and why people are shying away from being authentic and being true to each other is because they're either afraid to be hurt or they're afraid to hurt someone else's feelings. Right. So then right. what happens is we we live a lie in a way. We think one thing, mm-hmm. but we don't say it because... We're conditioned to either, you know, think that it's not appropriate, you can't hurt someone, or because we don't want to be hurt and we don't want somebody else to be honest with us. Right. And we don't understand that that is related, that is connected to our ego, and it has nothing to do with our being because nobody can hurt our being. Nobody can hurt anybody's being. So the lack of self-realization, the lack of understanding who we truly are prevents us from being in the now and identified with our with our emotions, identified with our thoughts um, then we stay identified in needing attention in um, struggling, controlling so the next the next thing that prevents us from being in the now would be the fear of losing control. So people either are afraid to lose control and therefore they become controlling or they become very submissive and they don't think that I have the power to take care of myself so therefore I'm a victim. Mm-hmm. So in either case, there is the, the insecurity deep inside that prevents people 
from being present and being in the now. So these things need to be looked at and understood so that we can know what we need to do about it. And it's not about fixing anything. It's about understanding and transforming it. And, of course, the the, the last fear, that the seventh fear, or it could even be the first one, is the fear of survival, fear of death, and the unknown. Mm-hmm. I never understood why people would be afraid of that, especially of death. I mean, you know you have to die, and why people turn it into something that's negative, because I myself, I don't feel death is a negative thing. It's a beautiful thing because you're going to a higher realm. You're crossing over. So I I really never understood why are people afraid of dying and death and they turn it into, even if you watch a TV or movie, they'll have death as black. Why does it have to be black? Why can't it be yellow or pink or white? But it's always black. Death is black. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, The reason it's black is because there's fear. If there was no fear, it will be light. It will be in consciousness that knows I do not die. And the reason people are afraid of death is is what is afraid of death. They don't understand that it's their ego that is afraid of death. And why is the ego afraid of death? Because the person hasn't found their true being and hasn't understood that my being is eternal. And this is not just a matter of intellectual understanding. It's a matter of internal knowing Mm. and internal transformation. So a lot of the work that people do intellectually, and many people, I've worked with so many people, and they've tried everything possible, and they still feel stuck because what is preventing them from knowing this truth from knowing themselves are all the conditionings and all the repressed beliefs that are in the body and the identification with those beliefs and identification with the emotions and identification with the ego. So once those things are looked at and realized, and this is basically where my method comes in, my healing method, that helps people to go into the body, identify what is repressed, what are those beliefs in the body. And most of the time people don't remember what's repressed in the body. Some of those beliefs are like thought patterns that come from other lifetimes and people repeat it life after life after life. Mm-hmm. And uh, just the other day I was talking to someone and there was a pattern. She She's been... She's been in that pattern for four lifetimes. Wow. No matter what she was doing, intellectually wasn't helping her to to move past that. Because the, the pattern, we need to always look at, if I have a certain thought, a certain belief, why is that belief there? Where did I, where did I learn to believe this way? And also, the situation is very interesting that once we start looking deeper, many times people think, well, it's my parents. I learned it from my parents. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, my mother was afraid and my father was afraid, so therefore I'm afraid. But, mm-hmm. or, you know, um, 
My mom was afraid, my dad was angry, so I'm afraid and I'm angry. And it's, it's all their fault. That's what I learned it from. But people don't understand that, as a matter of fact, they energetically got attracted to those parents who would be able to mirror back exactly those patterns that the soul, the individual, needs to learn for themselves. Because Mm. we've had many lives. It's not like these parents are not our first parents. Right. And many times our parents might have been our children in our previous lifetime. So there's these karmic connections that continue. So with understanding that it's patterns, and many times those patterns are generational. They they just move from generation to generation to generation. And then we get attracted to certain energies that eventually become our parents to help us see what are the things that we still need to continue working on so we can continue our evolution. And many times when people get stuck in the ego thinking that I'm I'm a victim because I didn't receive this, I didn't get this, I didn't get that, then that also prevents them from moving further and from evolving and from transforming those patterns. So human nature, human condition is very complex. And there is no standard sort of answer for everyone because everyone has a different path that they've traveled on. And even though we're learning through similar things, but we're all on different points on our journeys. And what somebody is learning, even though it might be your parent, what they're learning and what you're learning might be two different things. Or what you're learning, your friend is learning, or your children are going to learn, have come here to learn, are, are different things because we all come from different backgrounds. And if we really look, if we're 7 billion people on the planet, we have 7 billion worlds on the planet. <laughs> and that's why we cannot really compare. We cannot compare ourselves to anyone because everybody brings their own their own consciousness, their own evolution, their own gifts. And gifts are developed based on the way I see it. If somebody's lived life after life and they have certain liking to something, let's say somebody likes, uh, they're attracted to singing or, or to, you know, um, being a scientist and trying to find the answers to to the, the the problems of the complexity of uh, finding out what is this um, life is all about and who we are and what we're all about and what the animals are all about. So as they do that, life after life, they develop a certain skill because life gives us opportunities to develop skills. And so once a person has developed a certain skill, next lifetime they come in and they bring that skill. They're still continuing with that skill. They need to still continue uh, manifesting it. And oftentimes we see children, the prodigy children, who who are, have these incredible skills of you know playing piano, drawing, um, uh, having this scientific sort of um, mind, 
and these kids are just continuing from their previous lifetime, and, and lucky for them that they can do that because most of the people forget what they've brought, what they're continuing. And that's why they struggle to find their purpose. Right. Now, Mata, you have the ability to see the root causes of people's, like, fear, pain, ailments. Um, When people come to you and you see their root causes, that doesn't help them or you have to work deeper with them? Well, first what I do is I look into um, the symptom and I look to see what is the cause of the symptom. And this could be physical, could be illness, could be um, emotional, um, mental, whatever the, the symptom is, whatever the problem is. I look into the person's energy and into their unconscious to see what is blocking it. In other words, what is the cause of a particular problem? Because the causes are always related to whatever is repressed in the unconscious, in the energy. Whatever is the the beliefs, whatever the the learning of the person, the, the soul on the journey, and they're not being able to transform and see and learn the lesson and move on. So once I identify it and I can see the layers through their unconscious, then I actually work with my method accessing those repressed beliefs in the body and working through the whole body. Basically, the method works with the body, mind, emotions, spirit, and consciousness all at the same time. And it's a system, so I work with releasing those repressed patterns in the whole body. So just as an example, if there is a program running in a computer and we need to change the program, and so we need to go into different areas of the program to change it. So what this method does basically goes through the different parts of the body releasing those programs so that the consciousness has an opportunity to come to the forefront. The moment consciousness comes in and the person says, ah, this was just my ego. I was identified with this. I thought it was the truth, but it's not the truth. I'm actually, uh, I'm not a victim, and um, actually what I thought was the truth is now I see that it happened so that I can learn my lesson. Everything was a blessing. And that automatically a person comes to forgiveness, comes to opening their heart, comes to recognizing their their potential, comes to having that clarity of vision. So once that comes in, the old programs are completely released and erased from the body's cellular memory. And this is what creates that permanent healing and transformation. So this is a very powerful method. It comes at this time in our development because I feel more people are able to understand how their self-sabotaging thought forms or self-sabotaging beliefs are not allowing them to find and live their purpose, not allowing them to find and live their peace and find Mm -hmm. and live their 
very unique gifts and and actually enjoy life on the planet, enjoy their life <laughs> here. So, um, and the self-healing version will be le- released in, in April, at the end of April, so oh. people will be able to work with it on their own. Okay. And uh, just like you, I also offer online courses. I have eight-week online courses where actually I work with people um, identifying those repressed beliefs in each chakra, and we clear those based on my chakra clearing um, of my method. And uh, and then I do retreats. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty much um, also in the process of once the self-healing version is released, I'll be training people to facilitate um, that method, working with other people and helping them to coach them through that process. And is this method for individuals, uh, like one-to-one, or can it be done in groups? Well, as a self-healing method, each person, the the set comes with a book and two CDs, so the person can uh, follow my guidance through the steps mm-hmm. and do this for themselves. And it's uh, actually very powerful. It's already been tested for in the last three years, and it creates tremendous transformation, even for a person doing it on their own. So this empowers people to take their healing into their own hands. And if they want to go deeper, then I'll be also training facilitators who um, who are already in the field of healing, so they're practitioners, and they want to help other people through workshops to learn how to work with this method. So that would, that's the teacher training that I'll be offering um, to practitioners. So this is basically individuals can use it, practitioners can learn to use it with their clients because many times people need explanation, they need somebody to uh, guide them and and give them more detailed explanation, encouragement. So uh, I feel both are necessary, so therefore... Um, I'll be also training facilitators to to do uh, workshops with it. Oh, okay. That sounds pretty great. That sounds great. But what I was wondering is that um, if you could work in large, you know, gatherings, or is it just one-on-one or self-healing only? Uh, no, I do both. So I do private sessions when I work with people one-on-one which mm-hmm. obviously, you know, I quickly identify those thought forms. On the self-healing version, um, I teach people how to do it for themselves. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a little bit harder because obviously some things that people are very afraid to look at, they don't like to look at. So if somebody else is there, it encourages them because they feel more safer that somebody's right. there mm-hmm. and I'm not all alone. And mm-hmm. I do this in in my uh, retreats and workshops where the whole group does it uh, at the same time as a group exercise. And, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so that's how the workshops are designed, so that uh, the whole group will be doing um, the process. And then 
uh, obviously there will be many questions, and uh, that's where individual guidance will also come in. Right. Now, is there like one group exercise that you get most of your questions about that could, you know, be done tonight where it could help uh, everybody or most, the majority of the people? Uh, Can you uh, elaborate a little bit more? I'm not very clear of your question. Out of all the uh, different things that you do in your exercises, is there one in particular that people come to you um, and if you have an exercise for that, that you could do to help, you know, all the listeners? Like it may be, um, oh, I don't know, fear of being uh, poor or poverty, uh, fear of being alone, um, fear of self-sabotaging themselves, fear of not moving forward, fear of being stuck. Is there one thing that stands out more than anything else that people are in fear of? Well, like I said, every person has their own um, background and the cause of why they're feeling that way. So um, I don't have like a blanket, everybody, um, you know, I just guide people and they start imagining. Mm-hmm. That's not how I work. My method is okay. very, very practical. And the, the, the way it works is that person is actively engaged. So when I give an instruction, you actually follow my instruction. You're not just listening to me. Mm-hmm. So you're actively engaged, and the 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 system, the method also involves breathing. So there is a system of breathing, there is a verbal out loud expression, and exhalation, and that's mm-hmm. that's through as we're working through different parts of the body, and the the two CDs, one is a the full version of the method, which which is 98 minutes long. And the second one is the abbreviated version, which is 74 minutes long. And the, basically the, the purpose of the, the healing pr- process with this method is to start from you seeing those things that actually you didn't even... It, it doesn't come from your mind, first of all. It, this mm-hmm. method completely bypasses the mind. Because anything that people have done through the mind, they feel they've maybe come to a little bit of um, a shift internal, but they still feel the sense of stuckness and they don't feel the full transformation. So with this mm-hmm. method, because it works with your unconscious, things come up from your unconscious that you could have never even thought of. <laughs> no, so like that allows that to come up. And as those things come up, that's where the following of my exact guidance is very important because I've worked with people one-on-one for over 15, 20 years. So now mm-hmm. what happens is that in the self-healing version, I've basically translated the work that I've been doing with people one-on-one because I understand how the energy transforms 
as we work through the whole body and which parts of the body are necessary to work with in order for a complete and permanent transformation to happen. And we cannot just work in one area. This is another thing that many times people feel pain in one area and then they try to address that particular area only and that's mm-hmm. not enough because the cause that maybe there is that this is the area that's giving the sim- symptom, but the cause is much deeper and it's in the whole body. And many times right. the cause we have contradictory thoughts and emotions. Sometimes right. for a situation or a person, you know, everybody um, who's in a relationship knows this. There's this love-hate relationship. One moment I love you, <laughs> next moment I hate you. Mm-hmm. Right? So those contradictory emotions need to be addressed at the same time so that we can come to the middle where our witness is, where our consciousness is, so that we can uh, we can jump into the center of our being and realize that those emotions come and go. Life is a flux which always moves and things always change. So then I can let go and start relaxing. I don't have to control anything. I don't have to... Um, stay stuck with one idea, I can let it go and I can open myself up to something new coming in. I don't have to be so rigid with life. So this is what the method brings you to. This is the goal of the method, basically to bring people to that place of stillness inside, recognition that I am this presence and everything goes, comes and goes. And my presence never changes. The only thing that stays permanent is my presence in the now. And in the now, things always change. So therefore, I don't need to worry about the past and I don't need to worry about the future because the only thing I have is right now, right here. Amen. And I believe with that. that attitude, you start relaxing. Mm-hmm. I believe that, but I I would love to try out your method. I would really really like to. Um, I want to give you a website also um, www.madadalian m a d a d a l i a n dot com, and if they go to your website, they can find. Do you have more information where they can um, read about it yes. or sign up for it? Uh, Yes, and they can sign up for the newspaper, uh, newsletter and uh, we will announce when the um, the book set is available. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. uh, also there's uh, the first book. I think we talked about that book in our previous interview, The In Search of the Miraculous Healing in the Consciousness. Mm-hmm. And that book has actually a lot of practical exercises as well. And um, it outlines the journey step by step that we go through as we go through our ego personality and slowly how we develop our ego and consciousness, how they develop, and basically the steps to transform our insecurities, to transform our fears, to understand 
that the fear is connected to the ego and learn how to start cultivating that inner witness so that we could gradually start disidentifying from the emotions and the beliefs. So there's there's tons of exercises there, lots of questions and answers that people have asked uh, over the years, and a very in-depth understanding of our human journey here. Because when I was doing this work on my own, and my goal was enlightenment, many times there was a lot of confusion inside me to to know whether am I going in the right way, am I going astray, am I diverting, what am I supposed to be doing? And so through those trials and errors, I saw the, the steps of the journey, which at the end, once I actually had the experience and understood that the whole the whole journey and the desire for enlightenment is also coming from the ego. And I understood that the fear of death ultimately is what prevents us from knowing who we truly are, from knowing that we are God, we're not separate from existence, that we are the creators, and not just, you know, um, creators on this planet, but we're creators in the whole universe. And backtracking, that's how I wrote the book, so that people can have a, sort of like a map mm-hmm. and uh, on their own journey. And uh, Deepak Chopra read the book, and he endorsed it as uh, an elegant map to the path of the path of enlightenment. So it's the step-by-step of our journey. And another thing... Um, that I also like to use a lot, and you might want to explore this for yourself, uh, especially when you're working with people, is the active meditations, which are very, very powerful. Um, And one of the meditations that I have is the no-yes meditation. And that allows for a lot of those repressed emotions and feelings to come up as well, to be released, so that there is a... Um, an internal shift and an awareness that there is actually that um, state of welcoming of saying yes to life and feeling it authentically and not just, um, in a sense, using the mind trying to artificially put a positive um, coating on top of our negative emotions. So this is a powerful meditation, and if you are using, if you're doing workshops, I think you might want to to uh, to try that with your um, people in your workshops because it's very 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 immediate and very quick the transformation that happens with it. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Well done. Well, uh, time is almost run out on us, and. Uh, <laughs> I didn't get to say too much, but basically you said everything that needed to be said. Uh, and it was really, really good. Um, it was a lot of food for thought, a lot to think about. And, mm-hmm. again, um, I do uh, encourage everyone to go to your website and uh, read more about you and into your books if they haven't already to do so. 
Um, is there anything, uh, last words that you would like to add to it? Well, I think the last words would be um, take take the time and take the risk and take, you know, take the life um, as as an opportunity for transformation because it is an opportunity. And mm-hmm. don't get diverted in 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 things that don't really that that keep you in in that smallness thinking that you're small and you're incapable. So everything is there available. And it's available in abundance. It's what we are capable to receive is what the problem is. Many people who want abundance they don't realize that they have not made room to receive abundance. Mm. So we need to first of all clean house so that we can learn to expand our energy. And as we work with our fears, every step of working through the fears allows for the energy to expand. Every step of risk-taking and being authentic with our truth allows us to expand our energy. And the more we expand our energy, the more we'll be capable to receive the abundance that we seek. Hmm. I like that. I think I needed that reinforcement myself. Mm. That was excellent advice. (laughs) (laughs) Good. It really was. (laughs) So once again, um, I thank you for being a part of uh, the 21 days and taking your time to be with us and to share with us. And I'm looking forward to uh, your April when uh, your new work comes out for self-healing. That sounds really, really exciting and very helpful to many, many people. Um, I hope that uh, they take the opportunity because a lot of people will still be standing behind their fear so they're not going to reach out because I don't think um, not – an awful lot of people want to do the work by themselves. They do want some mm-hmm. guidance. And to hand mm-hmm. them something, they're going to say, well, I don't think I'm quite ready for that. So there's going to yeah, have that's to be right. a little exactly. pushing. That's exactly why I'll be also um, training people so they can be that encouraging voice. Mm-hmm and be able okay. to help others. And I have to mention also that the people, uh, there's already uh, quite a large number of people that have been working with me and and doing my prerequisite courses because in my view, it's not just a, a, you know, a weekend training course. It's something that each person needs to have gone through the process themselves and understood mm. those layers of transformation so mm-hmm. that they can actually pass it on to other people and help other people with their process because it's very, very right. existential. It's very practical. So I do, have, um, I do have two prerequisite courses that people need to participate before I can even train them. And, oh, okay. Um, and that's very, very important because you know, only through your own personal experience you can walk your talk. Amen to that. That's true. Mm-hmm. Very true. That's very true. And that was an excellent, excellent note to end on walk your talk. Excellent. 
Excellent. Mata, thank you so much. I um, Hopefully we'll be talking throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I'm looking forward to uh, looking into more of your self-healing work. Thank you once again Excellent. for being with us. Okay, love Great. you. Take care, and thanks uh, thanks for having me, and uh, all the best to everyone who's been listening. Thank you. My pleasure. Have a good night, everyone. <laughs>